This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I'm Morgan Brower and Trisha Baird is with me today. Hey guys. <laughs> Trisha just spoke at an A1 conference, which is A-W-H-O-N-N is what A1 is. Trisha, do you want to yes. tell us what that stands for? Yes, it, it stands for the Association of Women's Health, Obstetric and Neonatal Nurses. So it's an association um, put together by a bunch of nurses themselves and it's it's just like they do conferences all over the country they do one in salt lake once a year um but a few of the speakers that spoke there as well were like the next they were like getting on a plane the next day going to another one in seattle another one in you know all over so a1 is a huge association but um they have different like sections of it basically okay Okay. so so what happens is they hold these conferences and nurses midwives um that deliver in the hospital and also ob's they have to have a certain amount of ceus which is continuing education units and so these conferences count as them and so they they have to pay to go to them but they have a lot of sponsors and stuff there so it's really cool Um, But yeah, anyway, I was invited to speak at it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to hear all about that Mm -hmm. shortly, but we have a couple announcements. We wanted to talk about a few things before we do that. So if you have not visited the website, thebirthvillage.org, it's time to, you guys. (laughs) It is such a beautiful website. It was put together so well. And on this website, you are going to find so much information um, that you would be looking for. So we just wanted to direct everybody here. I think I we haven't given it a big enough shout out on the podcast. I know that we've talked about it before, but this has so much information. And so one thing in particular that I wanted to point out is the provider directory. So if you're on the main page, you can go to the menu and click on the provider directory. This is going to allow you to see all of the providers that are a part of the Southern Utah Birth Village. And then this is also a like if you scroll clear down to the bottom where you could sign up to be a provider within the village, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so check that out because it has, I mean, it literally has everybody on there. There's birth doulas, there are lactation specialists, postpartum doulas, chiropractors, photographers, like anything you need, postpartum fitness, massage therapist, anything you need, it's right here. So please go check that out. Yeah. I I wanted Morgan to say that because I have people all the time. How do I become a member? I'm like, oh, just go to the website and Mm -hmm. there's a link at the bottom and you can sign up. And then the committee meets once a month and we go over all the people who want to be a part. And as long as, you know, you have something to do with birth, then we welcome you to be a member. So, yeah. Awesome. So that is that. Also, there is a link to our, not on the website, I don't think, but on our Instagram, there is a link to the Date the Doulas event that is coming up in three days if you're listening to this when we're posting it. So no promises if there are still spots available, but it is a free event, but you do have to RSVP for it because there are limited, limited spots. So as of right now, when we're recording, still spots available, but hurry hurry and go get them if you haven't gotten your ticket yet and you would like to go to date the doulas also we're going to be doing a giveaway on our instagram and also at the event for redmond real salt yes what do you want to say about it um they are a company out of utah that reached out to the southern utah birth village and they were like hey would you guys talk about our product and i was like I already do in my birth class because it's the salt that I recommend for all the preggy mamas. It's the actual real, the pink salt, real Redmond from the Redmond mines in Utah. Has like trace minerals in it, right? Yeah. So it's just 
a lot better than just normal table salt for you. They also have a lot of different like seasonings and um, like drinks, you know, all the salt drinks that are on the market today. Like everyone's like all of a sudden, hey, Mm -hmm. we need magnesium and salt and potassium and all this good stuff. So they make one that's called Relight and it's delicious. So they are sending us a bunch of products and we'll be giving some of those away on the Instagram for the birth village, not the podcast Instagram, mm-hmm. the other one. So that is at the birth village underscore is what the Instagram name is. Yes. So. And that's on the 19th that of October. Yes. Sorry, at Thursday. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at True Health. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what else did we want to say? I think we got it all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, should we do our shout out? Before we get talking about the conference and you tell us all about what you talked about, we wanted to give a little, a big, not a little, we wanted to give a big, huge shout out to healthcare professionals. Yes. Do you want to call them out and and give your shout out? (laughs) Yes. Well, we all know that doctors, um, specifically OBs, midwives, um, nurses, OB nurses, also neonatal nurses, also mom and baby nurses, they work so hard to provide amazing services for us. Um, And I met so many of them at this conference and I was really blown away. And, you know, we're, we're natural birth people. Mm -hmm. Morgan and I talk about our home births all the time. We love some home births, but um, it's, it was so refreshing to me. I was a little bit worried when I got invited to speak at this because I was like wait what you guys want to hear from me (laughs) but I was seriously blown away by some of the topics that they are talking about I had no idea how concerned about the natural processes and um, understanding about certain things happening in the hospital you know Mm -hmm. because we get so you know inundated with what we think and natural things, you know, and we always kind of want to blame someone or put a, you know, and I, it was very refreshing because I didn't feel that way at all. I was just so happy to see so many people wanting the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, and ultimately, you know, we're going to have, there's always going to be people that, you know, want to do the traditional medicine route, but, um, it, it was just really nice to see so many women there wanting to learn something new. So I think, um, I think what's happening is that there are so many people opening their eyes up to the fact that, um, when the body is left to its natural processes, things go well. Mm-hmm. And so we are seeing, um, more medical professionals, start to come around to that understanding there's so many studies and stuff that show that that is what is true right and so we get we forget sometimes that we're all wanting the same thing which is the same outcome we Mm -hmm. all want mom and baby to be their healthiest and be their best Mm -hmm. and everybody wants that even the people that do not think the same way as us right they think that doing it this way is going to give them that best result. And we think that doing it this way is going to give them that best result. So I think what's happening is we're finally all starting to see some middle ground and be like, okay, well, we do need to leave the body up to some, yeah, some things. Because just like the podcast that we did on the history of childbirth in America and how things shifted in the fifties and sixties, you know, there wasn't a, any evidence or research showing that this was a better way. It was just people saying, Oh, this is better. So Mm -hmm. we believe them because they were doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like this major shift that happened, not research based, you Mm -hmm. know? And so today, because we have so much statistics and research and evidence that's happening in our society because people want it, Mm -hmm. um, that people are like, Oh, Whoa. Did you see the research on that? (laughs) Yeah. But on the other hand, too, there's research that's really not on our side either. So that, you know, and and that's the give and take, I guess. But and I was expecting so much of that. Yeah, I didn't get that. In fact, one of the women, um, her name is Shakira Henderson. She was so amazing. She talked specifically only on breastfeeding. 
And she stood up there and I just thought, you know, she was going to be like, you know, fed is best, you know, just like Morgan and I were kind of talking about a few weeks ago. But she was like, you guys, we have 40 years of research that proves breast milk is superior. And if you want your child to have optimal brain health, Mm -hmm. breast milk's the only way to do it. And she stood there and said that and all of the nurses were like, (gasps) You know, because as, especially as mom and baby nurses, they're trying to comfort women and help women and they don't want anyone to feel bad. Right. You know, but she didn't hold back. She was like, wow, no, you need to tell them this is the best and support them in every way and able to enable them to do this, you know? Yeah. Because there's so many, not so much in Utah. When she kind of looked at the Utah stats on breastfeeding, she was blown away. She's like, this is so amazing. Mm. She's not from Utah. And um, anyway, it was just, it was so refreshing to hear a professional that has been a neonatal nurse for 20 plus years say these things, you know, yeah. because she's done the research yeah, and she's not, she's not about to jump in the box that says, well, whatever, fed is best. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and I- <laughs> It's so complicated because the phrase fed is best, like just a short tangent, I promise. <laughs> but the, the phrase fed is best, it is talking about like, it's not talking about nutrition, right? Like nutritional value. Of course, It's talking about like whatever's best for your lifestyle mm-hmm. and all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Like breastfeeding might not be the most comfortable, convenient, whatever thing for someone, Mm -hmm. but we're not talking about your lifestyle. We're talking about nutritional value. So when we say breast milk is best, we're talking about nutritional value and that's, that's a fact and it's not an opinion. And so it's, it's absurd to have people ask you to say something different than what is true. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what she brought up and it was just so interesting to hear her perspective, which was very similar to mine, but she had all of the statistics to cool. back it up, which I was like, I'm in hundred percent yeah. inject it into my vein. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she was so, so cool. And I loved hearing from her and she had this mm-hmm. yellow jacket on and she's like, I haven't worn my classroom jacket to show you guys. <laughs> like it was so great. But in other countries, you know, um, the breastfeeding population is so much higher Because like in Sweden and um, Switzerland, some other countries like that, they give moms six months of paid leave. Mm -hmm. And it's specifically so they can breastfeed their babies Mm -hmm. because they know that that is the best for the upcoming generation. Yeah. Where in the United States, I mean, some women don't even get two weeks. And she talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, all these people trying to help with their breastfeeding clubs and stuff. And Mm -hmm. she's like how many women in America can meet on Wednesday at noon? Like, uh, they're back at work, right? They can't meet at the coffee shop Wednesday at noon because they want to hear about breastfeeding. You know, they're back at work and they can't go into the janitor's closet every two hours to pump. Right. And so breastfeeding is not something that is welcomed really in the United States because it's not possible. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't bring your baby to work. Maybe you can, some can, but most, most of them can't. No. So by six weeks, usually breastfeeding is just null and void because it's not possible anymore. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of things have to change, but ultimately we need to fight for it Mm -hmm. because it's, it's not just for us. It's for our children Mm -hmm. and, their brains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and honestly, that is the major reason why we say a lot of the things that we say, not just about breastfeeding, but about the birth experience exactly. too, is because we believe that that will give your child the best outcome mm-hmm. and the best chance at just a successful, happy life. Exactly. And yeah. we're not trying to boss everybody around to say well, that, kind of. well, just not to say that you can't have pain meds or whatever. Right, it's not course. about no. that. It's not about getting a trophy. It's not about no. being the toughest. It is about what we believe will give you and your baby the best chance at happy, successful, good outcomes, like right. just all of that. Right. Um, but yeah, so shout out to the healthcare professionals Seriously. because they're amazing and we're so grateful for them. And it's fun to get to connect with them and realize that we have a lot more in common than Mm -hmm. sometimes we think. Yes. 
Yeah. So yeah, I walked into that conference. First of all, I felt like a VIP. <laughs> I mean, it was paid for. You were. I, you are well, a VIP. I mean, I didn't. I didn't expect that. Um, walked into my room. There was flowers and presents. Oh my and gosh. Thank you cards. And I was like, whoa! I feel so special. And then I go and I get this you know, my name tag and I get to go to the speaker's table, which I was like, oh, I've, I've hit the big time. Yeah. <laughs> like no one knew that I was just a doula. Okay. <laughs> I was like, they all think I'm a doctor because mm -hmm. everyone who I was speaking with was either a doctor or a nurse of at least 20 years. <gasps> and did that feel intimidating? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been a doula for a long time, but like, yeah, yeah they're just different. like, oh, oh, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Trisha. And they're like, oh, you're the doula. And I was like, ah. yeah, but no one else knew. Only the speakers knew. Yeah. But then, um, one of the, the, um, the committee members of the A1, I guess, I don't know exactly if that's what they're called, but there's about five or six women that had put it all together. They knew okay. the entire um, conference. So she stands up to welcome everyone. And she's just like hyping everybody up. So excited. Everyone's there. And talking about oh you know we have so many amazing speakers and they've traveled from so far to be here with you guys and we even have a doula here and I was like <laughs> oh man my cover's blown <laughs> but I was like hey I gotta you know I'm like yep that's me I rose my hand but and I, I even had a few people come up to me even before I spoke and was like oh I was a doula really now I'm a nurse yeah it was cool. really really cool so um, anyway, yeah, I felt really, really special and <laughs> very intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but you did it. I did it. Yeah, I did it. So I was, so that it was a two day conference and I was on the second day, um, the second to last speaker. So I was able to go to all of the presentations, which were amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, so many good, you said there things. was one about breastfeeding. What mm -hmm. else was there? Uh, there was one called the Pitocin Paradigm by um, a nurse from Oregon. Her name is Jen Atkinson. We're hopefully going to try to get her on the podcast because I loved her. She mm -hmm. was so great. But I was like, oh, that's interesting, the Pitocin Paradigm. And I thought that she was going to, you know, hype up Pitocin, which I was like, well, let's see what she has to say. But she was not. She was actually, um, hey, you guys, we need to look at this craziness that's happening with Pitocin in our hospitals because in 1995 only 10% of women in hospitals were getting Pitocin and it was because they had medical reasons why they needed it mm -hmm. but now today more like 95% of all mm. women in the hospital are getting Pitocin that is so many yeah so she she I know so she talked about this paradigm and how um it's swinging to the direction we don't want it yeah and so it needs to change, but until we understand it more, especially as nurses, it's not going to change. And granted, nurses are really just doing what the doctor is telling them to do for the most part. So it needs to change on that level as well. But, um, but yeah, she was, she's bringing light to it and it's real, it was really amazing to hear that we need to ease up because it's not doing us any favors in the hospital. Mm. Um, and then there was like a few others. Um, shoot, you're putting me on the spot right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember all of them. Um, what was so fun is they had a lot of sponsors there. So there was kind of like a little like sponsor time. And they gave away tons of stuff from all the sponsors. Um, so like a lot of the nurses that went got like these big giveaways. which Cool. And they gave me the biggest like prize it wasn't a prize package. It was like a thank you package, but like wow. treats and skincare and lotion. I love and it. like, yeah, it was just so, so nice, but they gave out, but, oh, I really loved, um, their speaker. He's actually from Southern Utah. I believe his name was Eric Rideout, And he talked about, um, he came up with this organization that's helping NICU babies and um, he kind of like did this whole presentation on like team building mm. and every day um, when the nurses come in for whether they're labor and delivery, mom and baby, um, neonatal nurses and NICU, um, they kind of have, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It'll come to me, but they kind of just have this little meeting before their shift starts. Mm. And it's like a hype up meeting, like mm -hmm. we got to be together. We need to be on the same page. And he was like so great. And, <laughs> 
telling these nurses like how to be a leader, not just um, a worker, mm. but how to have people understand you and love you. And like, it was so, so great because, you know, they're in there working 12 hour shifts yeah. and I had no idea that if he was going to be talking about that, but it was really cool to hear his take on how nurses need to work together and mm-hmm. how this is a team thing. And until the team is working together, they're not going to have as good of outcomes. Right. But when the team's working together, the outcomes are going to be so much better. And he had a few examples of like NICU babies that were born like one pound or whatever. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but just, um, how he's like still friends with some of these babies mm. that he helped in the NICU. And it's like, so, so cool. Um, anyway, yeah, just lots of really cool topics that, yeah. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to hear about. So, um, but yeah, so I guess we'll kind of, so what did you yeah. talk about? <laughs> Let's hear that. I know. Um, okay. So my topic was doulas and in the delivery room. So, um, I had no idea how they even knew about me. And I just assumed that, you know, there was a few people there from St. George. A few people came and introduced my, themselves to me that I hadn't met yet from the hospital here. And I just assumed that one of it was one of them. But um, while I was eating lunch about an hour or so before I went on to do my presentation, one of the nurses walked up to me and she was like, hey, you don't you don't probably remember me, but I'm the reason why you're here. And I was like, Oh wow, you are. (laughs) I had no idea. And she's like, yeah, I actually worked with you for, um, about nine years ago. She was, um, new in town. I think she came from Texas. I can't remember, but, um, she said I was one of the new nurses in St. George. (laughs) And, um, so of course the new nurses are going to get stuck with the rooms that the older nurses don't want or the nurses that worked here longer. Yeah. And she's like, so I got stuck with a doula and it was you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, that's so cool, but so sad. Too. <laughs> she was like, I'd never worked with a doula. There was no doulas in the hospital. I mean, this was nine years ago. Yeah, too, that's so, you know. Um, so she's like, I just went in with a really positive attitude. And she's like, it, you literally just blew my mind about how much you knew and how great you were and how great we worked together and the positive experience that the patient got. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know who it was Mm -hmm. because it was a while ago, but she said when we were having our committee meeting, because she was part of the committee for A1, they were just talking about all the things that they wanted, um, you know, to teach these nurses coming into this conference. And um, she's like, well, what about a doula? And everyone's like, oh, what a great idea. Because that is one thing that nurses are dealing with more and more Mm -hmm. today. Like they didn't used to have to deal with so many doulas, but there's a lot more, especially in Southern Utah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You're welcome. (laughs) But um, they were like, oh, that's great. And she was like, I know exactly who to call. So one of them just DM'd me on Instagram and was like, would you want to do this? I had no idea what A1 was or anything. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about doulas. But wait, where? Yeah. (laughs) What? So, so yeah, the intimidation was real. But yeah, my topic, doulas in the delivery room. So the majority of the people in the room, there was about 120 or 30 people there. And the majority of them were labor and delivery nurses. And then there was some midwives that work in hospitals mm-hmm. and um, mom and baby nurses, also neonatal nurses. Okay. So, but the majority were labor and delivery. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up there and I'm just like, okay, you guys. So a doula just walked in the room. <laughs> How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. And they just kind of laughed. I'm like, no, for real. Like she's walking in with your patient and they've got a birth plan and then they all just start laughing, you know, and like, but for real, like this is such a new concept to so many nurses coming out of med school because they've never heard of a doula, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't read natural childbirth books on the side for fun. Like we do, (laughs) right? you know, they, they are doing major medical, um, research, reading books, um, taking tests on medicine and how to have medical births or what I like to call managed births or C-sections. Right. Um, I talked about, well, that's um, what they need to know about because that's what they're there. That's what they're there to do. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I brought up Sally Ann 
And wait, hold on. Let me look up her name really quick. Yeah, it was. So I looked up, well, I obviously, I, I'm always reading and listening to something about yeah. <laughs> this, but um, Sally Ann Be- Beresford, she's a doula and childbirth teacher and author from England. Oh. She's so great. She has her own podcast. I can just shout it out later because I don't know what it is now, yeah. but <laughs> she talks about three types of birth, um, physiological birth, managed birth, and C-section. And I, I kind of talked a lot about how doulas help their clients understand physiological birth where a nurse nurse's understanding is managed or c-section birth Mm -hmm. so we're coming from a whole different you know realm so so yeah I, i told them all about myself and why i'm a doula and i gave them some quotes about you know what i think so important um and basically, it was just like, this isn't anyone's fault, you know? We no. just know something different. Yeah. But... Well, because they they don't necessarily have to learn how to manage physiological birth. There's not really hardly anything to do. No. It's just let it happen. Right. So, of course, they don't spend time in school learning that mm-hmm. because they have to learn the other stuff when, when a birth needs to be managed or when a C-section has to happen. That's what they have to learn. Right. Exactly. And when I was done speaking, a lot of people approached me and talked to me about things, but there was one specific nurse that approached me and she said, I am so thankful for what you just taught us because I just barely got out of medical school and the only births that I've witnessed are managed or C-section births. She's like, I've never, and I didn't even understand that there was a different kind of birth. I haven't had children myself. I have never witnessed anyone give birth other than the six or seven that I saw in medical school. Mm -hmm. And they were all either like you talked about managed or C-section. Yeah. She was like the whole time, like the last four years as I was in school and learning all these things, she was like something like in me. I'm like, you mean your instincts? And she's (laughs) like, yeah, my instincts were saying this is, this isn't, there's something different there. This isn't right. Or this Mm. isn't all right. And she was like, I never even put it together until I just listened to your presentation because I didn't understand physiological birth. Mm-hmm. I didn't know yeah. that that was even a thing. Right. And I was just like, can I please give you a hug? <laughs> she was like, I want to come to your doula training. I'm like, please do. Yeah. I would love to have you. But, but that's just one example of what they're being taught. Right. It's not physiological, you and, know? And yeah, and of course, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, and it doesn't, but it does. Right. And so we're not mad. We're just knowing different things, right. like you said. Well, and, and I'm not saying all nurses don't know about physiological birth. No, of course. but definitely do. But one straight out of medical school, and that's right. all that they covered, and right. she doesn't have experience with something else, of yeah. course. Like, sh- she was just like, I, that, I just can't, like, she couldn't even put the words together, you yeah. know? So... Anyway, if it was just for her, I'm just so happy that, yeah, you know, and she, she actually even like touched her belly and she's like, I want to have a physiological birth. And I said, your instincts want you to, too. Yeah. So do your research and learn. But anyway, I, I, I started off kind of talking to them about women like to do hard things. Um, humans like to do hard things. Yes. We like to be fulfilled. We like to do hard things because it makes us feel better about who we are. You know, if we don't ever do anything hard, we're never going to learn anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, granted, yeah, a lot of people, especially in our society today, want to push the easy button. We don't want to do anything hard. We just want everything to be easy. But reality is, is it's not. That's what we think we want, (laughs) but it's not. That's not what feels good. That's Mm -hmm. not what makes you... No, that's not. <laughs> yeah, if if everything was handed to us on a silver platter, man, we would just be really crappy people. You know, we wouldn't be thankful for anything. We wouldn't understand what hard work means. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't understand that it takes 30 years to pay for a house, you know. <laughs> and the 30 years, you got up every single day and worked nine to five hard mm-hmm. and able to pay for it. And then, then we're actually going to appreciate it. So yeah. our... Our instincts want to do hard things. Yeah. So I started off by saying, you know, think about a hard thing in your life that you've done, you know, and, and I, I talked about it 
my first marathon that was really hard in my picture that I showed them had my twin sister and my husband in it. And I'm like, these are the two people that have supported me for the majority of my life of everything. And they were there the day that I qualified for Boston. They were there cheering me on, telling me you can do it when I wanted to stop or quit. They're like, no, you got to go. You got to do it. Let's go. And, um, and yeah, childbirth is different than a marathon, but I, I help them understand that childbirth is something that can be life changing. Yeah. And it's not something that we can just be like, push an easy button on because there's nothing easy about childbirth. I don't care what kind of birth, physiological, managed or Mm C-section, all very hard. You're going through something very hard, but when you've planned and prepared for that thing, it's going to feel better on the other end. Mm -hmm. The trophy that you get is going to feel better Mm -hmm. and you're going to feel like you kind of earned that instead of just getting through and feeling crappy on the other side. We've been like, Oh, I'm glad that's over. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be like this really rewarding, amazing amazing feeling. And women these days. And I said specifically in the last five or so years Mm -hmm. I've seen, especially like first time moms, they want, they've seen their friends do it. Their friends are talking about it on social media. There's so many podcasts and I shouted out our podcast. <laughs> hey, hey. So if any of y'all are listening, <laughs> you loved me. Hi. Huh? Hi. <laughs> so, so thankful for you guys. But, um, you know, I talked about women have so much more information than our mothers did. You yeah. know, our mothers had their mom and their sisters to talk to. And maybe some books at the library, but, you know, maybe they didn't have even a library next to them or, no, or right. something, you know. But Or what do you even read? Exactly. They, they had <laughs> don't no, know. yeah, they had no information. And today women have so much information. It's kind of mind boggling. Literally at your fingertips. Right. And so they're seeing these beautiful birth experiences and women talking so positively about specifically when what me and Morgan do physiological birth and they're like, Ooh, I want to do that. It's going to be hard, but I still want to do it because the outcome. Mm -hmm. So then I started talking to them about, you know, we do hard things because of the outcome. Mm -hmm. So when a woman walks into the hospital with a doula, she wants a better outcome. Yeah. And that means not only healthy mom and healthy baby, but mom mentally healthy mm-hmm. a mom that has made the decisions for herself a mom that was in control of her birth mm-hmm. i brought up with my marathon pick i said my sister my twin sister had already qualified for boston mm-hmm. she was already good to go you know like you have a two-year time frame to qualify in order to to go and so she had already qualified and it was the the year later and it was a year after i had my baby and my last baby so this was like 16 years ago And, um, you know, she was there with me cheering me on. Mm -hmm. And I said, what if she would have said to me, "Mm, it's not that big of a deal. We'll see. We'll see if you can do it. Yeah. Like, what if she would have said that to me? Because do you know how many clients that I talked to that said, the nurse said, "Mm, we'll see when she says, I want to have a natural birth. Like, we'll see. No. Like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's go. Do you got this. You do? You're strong. Okay, cool. Let's, I'm with you. I'm going to support this. you. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get you a tub room. Let's get you some food and some water so that you feel energized. Let's calm the space down. Let's light some candles because I know what it takes to do a physiological birth. Mm-hmm. So let's get you there. Mm-hmm. Like you're their biggest cheerleader. If your biggest cheerleader said, we'll see, dude, I would have stopped running, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so... <laughs> We, and I described to them, we have the opportunity to make or break someone's situation just by what we say. Mm -hmm. That's what comes out of our mouth, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah, you guys don't have the time to do pressure points and and sit in there the entire time with them. But, man, you can turn a light down. You can um, turn a candle on. Electric candles is all that is allowed in the hospital. <laughs> but, you know, you can set a space. You can encourage her. You can tell her partner, this is so great. And if she has a doula with her, you can be like, oh, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got this in the bag, girl. Mm-hmm. Your doula is going to be here to do everything for you, you know, and I'm going to support you with whatever you need. Like, how hard is that? Yeah. 
but they don't see it the way I do, obviously. And uh, that's why I was there. But I think that message goes beyond birth. It's really extremely important in birth, but it also goes beyond birth because imagine if we gave that energy to other women in our lives just all the time. Like there is no reason for us to be tearing each other down. There is no reason for us to be in like such heavy competition with somebody, even if they are your competition. Mm -hmm. Like for what? Right. Let's just build each other up. There's enough success for everybody to have. And just imagine if we all gave that energy to each other all the time we'll see oh my gosh (laughs) it would be an awful place to live yeah totally so anytime somebody feels confident in themselves and what they're doing and especially with birth if they if somebody is showing up saying anywhere if i'm now i'm talking to our listeners like (laughs) if you're not a nurse and you think the we'll see thing doesn't matter for Mm -hmm. you in your life it does right support people yeah even if you don't understand what they're trying to do Maybe yes. learn more about it. Yes. Oh, cool. You're going to do that. That sounds That's amazing. interesting. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Be why, curious. Why are you interested in that? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds really weird, but cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want to know more about that. Or, you know, just the way they look or the way they, they choose to wear their clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that looks really cool. That's interesting. I wouldn't choose that for me, but... so. So then be curious. Exactly. Yeah. So I cr- I tried to get that point across. It was, <laughs> I mean, I think I had a lot of supporters in that room, but I definitely had some that the eye roll city was just, Scoffed. yeah. Woo! You know, but I was like, Hey, <laughs> I'm up here. Yeah. And take it or leave it. it is. But- yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I gave them three words to think about during my whole presentation. And that was, collaboration, communication, and cooperation. And I wanted them to take these words and say, okay, how can I collaborate with not only the doula, but my patient? How can I communicate with her? And how can we cooperate together to make this a better experience? Mm -hmm. Because I was like, they don't have to have a doula with them in order for you guys to have to use these three words. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a better outcome. And if there's anyone who wants the best outcome, it's you. Oh, yeah. Your notes are going to be so much easier <laughs> when there's a better outcome. True. You know, you're not going to be worried about getting sued or no. getting a, a bad review because there's a review sheet in every room. Mm-hmm. Every patient has the ability to give a review mm-hmm. and there's a whole management team that reads these reviews. Yeah. So if you guys want to communicate, cooperate and collaborate with your patient and get a better outcome, girl, you're going to get some good reviews going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if she has a doula with her, awesome mm-hmm. like it just made your job great. easier or yeah. it should have it should have she's a helper unless because i did open it up at the end for questions and comments and mm-hmm. stuff which was interesting but one woman said i've worked with a lot of doulas and some have been so great but some of them were really hard to work with and they came in like ready to fight and i was oh, like yeah. yeah i know and she and was that's like, a problem. Yeah. She's like, I just don't understand. And I'm like, let me help you understand. This is why. Because doulas either have seen or had themselves a home birth. And they understand physiological birth processes so well. So when you come in there, want to flip on the bright lights, want to poke them with needles, want to talk in your loud voices, want to strap monitors on them, they do want to fight that because that is a harsh environment. They're that, trying to protect yeah. the physiological process. Right. And that means to leave her alone and calm her down. Not bright lights, poking her, telling her what she has to do, telling her, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they're fighting you. It's not because they want to fight you. Trust me, they probably don't even want to be there, <laughs> you know? But I said, what if you walked in the room and became her friend? Asked her her name. Oh, cool. How long have you been a doula? Awesome. Where did you get your training? Very cool. And I said, <laughs> I said, tell her you love natural birth. I'm like, okay, I take that back. You don't have to say that. <laughs> if it's a lie, <laughs> it's a lie. you don't but have to lie. You don't have to lie to her, but you have to kind of try to get on the same page as her. Like, oh yeah, I, 
I do know some pressure points and stuff. So if I can help you with anything or if I can get anything for you guys to help you maintain this physiological process. Mm -hmm. But of course, if there's a medical situation where you need to step in, help her understand this is medical and we need to do this. This Mm -hmm. is why you guys are here. And if you've already made that relationship with this doula that Mm -hmm. is there to fight with you, (laughs) hopefully she's going to trust you more. Mm -hmm. It's a trusting relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know, yeah, she's an outsider. She's, but she's been paid to be there. I also help them understand these women that bring their doula in, they know her, Mm -hmm. you know, they have known her hopefully for a few months, if not more, but maybe for a few years Mm -hmm. or more, you know, maybe she's been at multiple births with this specific patient of yours. Who is she going to look to for trust and comfort? It's not going to be you Mm -hmm. nurse. It's going to be her doula because I talked about this attachment theory. I talked a lot about a lot of stuff on evidence-based birth and I recommend anyone going to evidence-based birth and reading about anything you're curious about when it comes to birth, but specifically doulas, this attachment theory, um, women will attach themselves to, um, other people in their lives that they trust, like their spouse, their mom. But when it comes to their birth, they usually attach themselves to a doula because, um, She's been with her. She's talked to her. The doula has helped her with so many things. So she's attached herself with all of these, like she's going to take care of me. She's going to care for me. Mm -hmm. Just really calming, loving type of characteristics. So it's called the attachment theory. So I I said, you know, it's not because they want to come in there and fight. It's like they're they're attached themselves to this patient and they want the best outcome for their patient. Not only because we're humans and we want everyone to have a good outcome, but doulas also follow these patients home, you know, not physically right away, but we're texting with them. We're calling them for years afterwards. Yes. We're going to their house three days later. We are the ones helping them um, walk through their postpartum journey and nurses. You're not, Mm -hmm. you see them for 12 hours maybe or less. And then you're done. You know, like a doula, we're never done with our clients. Mm -hmm. They're always our clients and they would become repeat clients and then they become friends. And then two years later, their toddler has an issue. Guess who they text their doula because they trusted their doula. So these aren't just random hippies with essential oils and crock pots walking into the hospital. They're trying to own your job. Yeah. These are friends and trusted mentors basically Mm -hmm. in these women's lives whether you think they are or not they are well and the studies truly show that outcomes are better with a doula present and so because we are all trying to have the same outcome which is a good outcome Mm -hmm. we should just be we should be happy to have more people on the team that are going to help get us there exactly and i think but it goes both ways Like the doulas are also responsible for setting that good rapport right Mm -hmm. from the start. And nurses are also responsible. Everybody's responsible. We just need to be kind and good people and like show up ready to, to be helpful and to be on the same team. And for some reason there is this weird, like butting heads thing that Mm -hmm. does not have to happen. But the reason I keep saying is because our listeners are not necessarily nurses. right? Right. But all, all of this, all of it mm-hmm. applies to our personal lives as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Your attitude going in there as a patient, it needs to be kind and loving and understanding <laughs> because when you're not that way, you're not going to get that back. You don't you know? deserve it back. No. You have to set the mood for the room mm-hmm. as the patient. And if if this nurse doesn't catch on to that, then that's on her. It's mm-hmm. not on you, mm-hmm. but you are the one that can set that right away with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, the nurse from Oregon, Jen, again, she, we were in the same hotel. We got the same shuttle. We ate <laughs> together. So like we talked to each other a lot. Yeah. Um, plus I loved her topic on Pitocin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I talked to her a lot. I was like, okay, I love you. Um, but she said that in Oregon there, there's so many more women that have doulas because in Oregon, Medicaid pays for doulas. 
Whoa. Mm -hmm. And in her hospital, they actually had a program to train doulas and get paid by the state. So, so, I know, dreams. So cool. I know. So, so many more women were using doulas. And she's like, these doulas were amazing. They were coming in there. They were catching things before nurses were catching things because they were doing home visits. But they were kind of working with the hospital, too. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I mean, it was like a win-win. Yeah. We we loved it when someone had a doula because she was like, cool, this woman knows more. She's going to do better mm-hmm. usually, you know, we won't have to work as much mm-hmm. or chart as much because there's not going to be as much medical intervening yeah. when a woman understands her body. So it was really awesome to have her there. And yeah, Oregon, California, these states both, there's about 18 states, I believe, in the United States that Medicare does cover doulas. Mm-hmm. Utah is not one of them, but um, hopefully soon <laughs> with the the amount of doulas that are coming in. Um, anyway, yeah, it was just, it's an, it's an eye-opener. It's a let's work together. Let's understand things at a different um, perspective because why not? Yeah. Let's just have our eyes opened. Yeah. You are working in a hospital where people are having babies. So guess what's happening in the world? This, doulas, Mm -hmm. physiological birth, education, so many more people. There's like 500 different podcasts you can listen to about natural birth (laughs) and all the things happening in the hospital. I mean, yeah, people are coming in going, hey, I don't want that. (laughs) You know, it's not just doulas. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I talked a little bit about that harsh environment and how doulas kind of buffer that harsh environment. They didn't love that as much, but, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I brought up the point that when a woman, um, feels fear, alarm, disturbance, or startle, it produces adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And when adrenaline increases, oxytocin decreases. Mm-hmm. And oxytocin is the driver of all labor, right? Mm-hmm. It produces powerful contractions. When oxytocin increases, endorphins increase. And as we know, endorphins are the body's natural painkillers, mm-hmm. okay? So back to the marathon thing, like when when people do hard things as like running um, triathlons, heavy lifting, the reason why they can withstand so much pain is because the endorphins in their body are killing some of the pain. Yeah. You can feel it, but the endorphins make you feel so freaking good. Yeah. You know, and that's why you continue to do it. I yeah. mean, like at mile 21 at a marathon, maybe 22, you're just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but then when you pass the finish line, you're like, I can't wait for my next marathon. Right. <laughs> because the endorphins are crazy cool. Yeah. And same thing with birth. Yeah. Women are just like, oh, well, they probably don't want to have another baby for at least a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just a few. They're little. like, no. But then like after that initial, like they forget about it. Those endorphins, man. It's they crazy. Cover up a lot. They totally do. Yeah. So in a managed birth, meaning uh, induced birth, um, you know, tons of medicine in their body, maybe painkillers in their body. They're not going to have endorphins. A woman getting induced will not have endorphins. It puts up a wall. Your body can't produce those endorphins. So her birth is going to be so much harder than a woman who actually has a physiological birth with lots of oxytocin because they're, they're one and one, they come Mm -hmm. together, you know? So anyway, um, oxytocin plus endorphins puts mama into an altered state of mind that helps her relax feel less pain, have a distorted sense of time and flow with her contractions. But adrenaline stalls labor, creates muscle tension, decreases oxygen in the body, which in turn decreases oxygen for your baby. How many of you have heard that one? (laughs) Puts you into a state of high alert and awareness. So yeah, we want to keep all the adrenaline away. Mm -hmm. So doulas, the doula effect, the Mm -hmm. harsh environment theory, we are buffering all of that to make sure we're maintaining, we're maintaining higher levels of oxytocin and endorphins, Mm -hmm. which in turn makes your job easier. Yeah. Better outcomes. Yeah. So yeah, we kept coming around to that a lot, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so lots of that, I gave them a few stories because, um, if some of our listeners know, I did put a little, um, question box out on Instagram and, you know, 
asked a few questions to some moms, like, tell me about your experience. Mm-hmm. Only hospital birthers um, with a doula, without a doula, got so many great responses. I was kind of blown away by the responses I got. And I read a few of them to the nurses, you know, and I'm like, how do we change these stories? We don't, they didn't need a doula to change that story. Right. You know? Like, um, we, they deserve better experiences. Mm-hmm. And if that takes a doula, great. But <laughs> I just don't think in every single case it does. No. Because one of the nurses did bring up, like, someone said, what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite thing about labor and delivery? And a nurse in the back was like, stop and drops. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> a stop and drop means someone walking into the hospital and literally having their baby within like five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. after. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Do you know how many more clients I would take on if I could guarantee at oh. least half of them stop and drop? For sure. <laughs> Meaning women that physiologically just birth like. Be like one a day, beast. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you there at noon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also brought up the fact that I um, interviewed a few nurses and asked them what they thought. I mean, I wanted their perspective, too. I don't yeah. just need my perspective or my my client's perspective. And a few of the nurses, um, I was actually a little blown away by what I got from these nurses. One of them said she loves natural birth and is sad when a doula is there because she feels like she can't do the job that she wants to do, which was a little... I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Like, and she was like, well, I just felt like, I just feel like, um, I love natural birth and I want to help them too. But when their doula is there, I just feel like I can't. Mm. I'm like, "Hmm, what if you become friends with her and then you guys work together and work as a team? And she was like, take turns doing pressure points. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah. And then another one said, um, she feels intimidated by a doula because she feels like she's just the one bugging the patient and not helping the patient. And I was like, mm, that's understandable. Like mm-hmm. I can see that, but girl, we're on your turf as yeah. a doula. We are walking into your, your space. Mm-hmm. So the intimidation, usually it's the doula that feels intimidated by you guys. Yeah. So, but you can't be intimidated, intimidated by someone that's your friend. Yeah. So I kept kind of bringing that up and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Another one said, doulas are bossy and go against everything I need to do with my patients. <laughs> I loved her. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like, I, I mean, am. say how you feel, girl. <laughs> I know, but I wanted to. I mean, you know, these other ladies weren't holding back on what they, they right. thought. So I was like, hey, well, how can we, how can we bring this all together? So we communicated a lot. We talked about not having preconceived notions about working with each other, mm-hmm. um, introducing yourself you know, just talking about, oh, that's so great. You know, I'd love to help you guys. Um, Also, one thing that I mentioned was maybe talk kindly about other doulas, you know, when you go out to the nurse's station, instead of seeing something you're bugged about, like saying, wow, that was really cool. She just maybe taught me a new pressure point Mm -hmm. or it was really cool how she just stood back and said, yeah, that's a great point. Let's, can we talk about that a little bit longer? You know, Mm -hmm. just being open to the medicine, but not necessarily saying no or yes, you know, just like, Hey, can we have a little bit of time? So I'm like, there's just no need for us to not work together. Well, I think, um, maybe I wonder if people think that asking for time means that you're trying to come up with a way to say no mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's not it. It can be about just taking the time so that your adrenaline doesn't spike, mm-hmm. just taking the time to process that information mm-hmm. without feeling pressured to give an answer because the, whoever asked you was standing right there. Exactly. Like that just asking for time doesn't mean that you're going to say no. It mm-hmm. just means that we're taking the time right to to process the information and keep keep everything running yes (laughs) and if there's anything i've learned about a woman in labor she needs time and patience Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't want to be put on a clock she doesn't want to be reminded how long she's been there how Mm -hmm. long she's been dilated to a five or whatever you know she just wants time and as long as her and her baby are okay we have all the time in the world Mm -hmm. there's just no time limits here because as long as we're both doing okay, let's just calm her down. And usually that's just the ticket, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but anyway, yeah, that was kind of just in a nutshell what we went over and, um, 
And for the most part, I felt like it was a very, very positive experience. Um, You know, I, I feel like most of the nurses were glad to hear my side of things and, and hopefully they're going to change their role a little bit, you know, and maybe be a little bit more open and, and me with my, the doulas that I train as well, you know, helping them understand, look, nurses are not the bad one. Mm -mm. They are on our side. Mm -hmm. We are not in for a fight. And you know, that nurse that brought up that doula or a few doulas that just wanted to fight. I, I wish I knew who those doulas were because I would love to talk to them too. And be like, like, hey girl, you gotta chill out. Yeah, like, (laughs) I know this isn't exactly what you would want. Like maybe you're a free birther or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Which means having a baby without anyone's help. But like, that doesn't mean that your client is. And when it comes to being a doula, we are 100% behind our client and what she wants. Yeah. It's not about us. It's not about our birth. It's Mm -hmm. not about what we want. It's about making sure her experience is what she wants. And if it isn't exactly what she wants, we can help her understand why these things had to happen Mm -hmm. so that she feels still good about her birth experience. It has nothing to do with me and really nothing to do with the nurse or the provider, you Mm, know, midwife or doctor and everything to do with that patient leaning in the bed. Yeah. Let's make it the best for her. And Hopefully I got that point across to you. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. I love that you were just saying too how you can learn from them. Oh, and yeah. it's not just about you going to teach them. It's, it's about just learning from each other and that's what life is all about. And mm-hmm. that's what birth can be about between nurses and doulas. Every yeah. single birth can be about let's learn from each other. Yeah. Let's work together. Yeah. In the olden days, doulas were called gossips. You know, women had probably five or six around them, you mm-hmm. know, if they were lucky. Yeah. Um, women supporting other women. Mm-hmm. And that's how birth, I believe, is supposed to be. Totally. You yeah. know, um, a very communicating, like, <laughs> just very loving, understanding Uplifting. Space. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, with my clients, when they say they're bringing a mom or a sister or whoever into their birth space, you know, my number one question is what do they know about natural birth? Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, if they haven't themselves had one or are really educated in it, I don't recommend having them there. And when you're walking into a hospital with a very uneducated physiological birth type of nurse, you know, that's, that's going to be a hard road. Mm-hmm. So it's just comes back to protecting the space again Mm -hmm. and if in the space you have naysayers it it just makes it that much harder to do what you need to do we need everyone in the space to be really uplifting and encouraging and Mm -hmm. empowering Mm -hmm. and that's how we get the good outcomes that we want to have yeah yeah and if there is a medical emergency that is happening um be still communicate still mm-hmm. collaborate mm-hmm. still be very understanding say we need to do this right now for your baby or we need to do this right now for you do you trust me mm-hmm. you need to trust me and if we haven't maintained a relationship with this client they're not going to trust you mm-hmm. or your patient to do this medical emergency mm-hmm. and then their their outcome will be worse mm-hmm. mentally for sure hopefully not physically yeah. but you know like it there's just no need to take over someone's birth space there's just no no thank you yeah (laughs) well i am so glad that you shared that with us i'm sure that our listeners are too is there any (laughs) anything else that you want to say um you know i got invited to be on a out of how out of hospital advisory board Mm um with the University of Utah, um, a couple of them that were on the board were there and they invited me to be on it. In fact, it's today. So um, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I hope, my hope is not only with this podcast, obviously that's what it's all about is getting this word out, Mm -hmm. um, but in a bigger way. Like I would love to continue educating, um, continue helping other, other professions understand why a woman would want something different Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean i just i want to i want to do all the things yeah so definitely y'all can uh reach out to me if you're interested yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool i'm so excited for you so 
it's 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 good news you know and, and that's what it's all about we're just trying to help the community and help all women just feel better about themselves and yeah. their birth experiences so definitely yeah thanks for all you do you're so welcome again <laughs> Um, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out thebirthvillage.org. Just go look at it. It's a beautiful website. Also, we do have those few spots for Date the Doulas. So go check that out on the Instagram, which is at thebirthvillage underscore. No, no, no. It's just birthvillage. Yes. Birthvillage underscore. Go check out the Instagram there. You can also enter the giveaway for the Redmond Real Salt stuff. Um, There will be an Instagram winner as well as a Date the Doulas winner. So if you can't go to Date the Doulas, still join the giveaway because that would be awesome. Um, Our Instagram is The Birth Village Podcast. Go give us a follow. If you're feeling generous, leave us a rating and review. We are so grateful to all of you. If you feel like someone would benefit from listening to this episode, just send it to them. Say, hey, I thought of you and I thought you might like this episode. Give it a listen or something like that. Um, I know that a lot of you are already doing that and we're so grateful, but just just as a reminder that you can do that. If you want to contact contact us via email that is the birth village podcast at gmail.com and please always remember that empowered women empower women